Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. How good is it that we get to sing those songs? Such great reminders of who God is. I surrender all, that He's our cornerstone, He's our foundation that we're a child of God, that we no longer have to be a slave to fear. It's so good to be able to worship that way here at the Vine. I'm, I, uh, in the words, you know, I surrender all, that's a great thing to say. It's a little harder to live that out, but uh, it's good. I'm Mark Pugh. I'm pastor of outreach and operations here at the Vine, and it's a pleasure to be here with you guys in person, or if you're online, thank you all for coming. Uh, today is, is it's going to be a great day. We've got a new topic. We're starting a new sermon series from the book of Proverbs. So if you guys go ahead, open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. That's where we're going to be today. Um, the sermon series is called, Is It Wise? And, you know, I think this totally fits with our desire here at the Vine to flourish in God's grace. You know, as a matter of fact, I would say that if you don't get this, it's going to be really hard to flourish in God's grace. So much of the ancients, with this book of Proverbs, much of the ancients' wisdom was passed down through Proverbs. And we're going to describe and and a little more define what a proverb is in a minute. But I want to give you just a couple of examples of Proverbs that maybe, maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. So one I heard was uh, growing up, this one's just okay, but when you play a board game with me, you might want to watch out. Uh, if, you, uh, if you don't cheat, you're cheating yourself. Okay, that's one, right? Maybe that's not as helpful, but here's a better one. From your childhood, you're bound to have had somebody come up and tell you this truth, don't eat the yellow snow. Right? That's wise. Everybody gets that one. That is wisdom. And that's part of what we're here to talk about today is where do we get our wisdom from? So let me pray before we read our scripture. Where do we get our wisdom from? Lord, thank you. Thank you for this moment. Lord, thank you for laughter. Thank you for your word. Lord, that's wisdom. And we beg you to open our eyes, open our minds, open our ears to understand what you would have for us today. Change us, Lord. Grow us as a people. It's in your wonderful son's name we pray. Amen. So Proverbs 1, uh, verses 1 through 7, says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive Instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple. Knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb, a saying, the word of the wise, and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, before we answer our main question, where should we get our wisdom from? We got a few other questions I think we need to deal with to get us there. And so the first couple is, who's this guy Solomon and why should we listen to him? So verse one, we can see verse one, it tells us Solomon's author and he's the son of King David. 
He ruled just around 1000 BC, so about 3000 years ago, he ruled Israel. Now, I think Solomon, he was pretty awesome to me. Not only was the son of King David, he was considered one of the wisest and wealthiest men of the time. When he first became appointed to be king, instead of asking for long life or wealth, he asked for wisdom. He asked for discernment on how to rule his people. And we see this wonderful response from the Lord to Solomon. This helps point us to why, why do we trust this? It says, behold, this is from 1 Kings chapter 3, 12. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none of you, none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. So Solomon was given wisdom as a gift from the Lord, from the creator of the universe. That's why we listen to him. It's, it's in God's word. So it's important. So that's who Solomon is. Let's talk about what a, a proverb is. And, and in short, a proverb is just, it's a simple, easy to understand saying. The Greeks, they were really big on proverbs. And the famous ones, they were inscribed on columns, on pillars for, for future generations to enjoy. They provide wisdom. They can help us flourish. Some of them can, can really have life implication. So David, Solomon's father, we know he wrote the Psalms. And they are beautiful to help us with our devotions and worship. And these Proverbs, they're better for governing our relationships, our conversations. All this being different than the laws and the histories that we saw in the Old Testament. But all of this helps us understand who Christ is and our need for him. It is all put together in a way that helps all the different types of people in God's family to understand his word. And in the end, these Proverbs, they help us to enjoy our life and to live out our salvation. So we've answered who's Solomon. We know what a proverb is. How do we use these? How do we use these Proverbs? And so if we look at verse 2 and 3, we'll see the answer there. We see that, that we use them in verse 2 to know wisdom and instruction. We use them to understand words of insight. We use them to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, in equity. That's what they're for. So we see in, in this verse 2, we see this word know. And that, that word is in verse 4 and 7 as well. And it means to have understanding or to, or to be wise. It's knowledge that's based on moral application. The next couple words, again, is wisdom and instruction. Wisdom has this capacity to understand it. It helps us to have a skill in living. That feels pretty important to me. Like I want to be skilled in living. So that's something that these things help me with. That sounds good to me. The next word, instruction, it's a little bit more like discipline, where we get corrected for the sake of learning. So if someone was to correct you tomorrow or today in humility, in love, using God's word, your response should be to thank them because they are loving you. They are helping you know how to live wisely. This is so important in our life. It has life implications. Verse 2, when you look at it as a whole, it just generally, these problems are trying to help us become wise. 
So in verse 3, we see three Hebrew terms and they're kind of related to one another. It's righteousness, justice, and equity. And righteousness helping us to understand what is fitting according to God's will with him being the supreme judge. And then equity and justice, those things helping us just to become just, to have integrity. All these things, again, tie back to us having the art of living a skilled life. They help us to flourish in God's grace. So if we see the purpose for these Proverbs in verse 2 and 3, what about, what do we do with them? So how do we use these things? And that's found in verse 4 to 6. If we look there in verse 4, we're to give prudence to the simple. We're to, to have knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying. The words of the wise and their riddles... So when I first looked at verse 4 and I saw that word simple, they need prudence. I was like, who's that? Who's the simple people? And I thought, that's probably not me. And I thought, well, I am from Tennessee, so maybe I am simple. But the reality is that word simple, it means the open. It means people, like probably most of us at times, we're open to receive a teaching from most anywhere. We are impressed upon by lots of different sources, and that leaves us to be immature. The word prudence here, it means to guard against injury. It helps us understand what is good for us and what is not good for us. It helps us to to lead a healthier and wiser life. And we see just below that, we notice that, that, that we're to give knowledge and discretion to the youth. And this, this word discretion, it's, it's to be thoughtful or well-considered. It, it makes you realize this action you're doing now, it's got a future implication. What we hope is that God, through prudence and discretion, that he would teach us maybe some things we shouldn't do. Like that place that we really shouldn't go. That drink, that last drink, that one more drink that we shouldn't have that look we gave somebody. These all lead us to a bad place. Wisdom on our own, it leads to destruction. And it's often too late before we realize. So if you look at verse 5, this is not just for the simple or the, the youth. It says here that, that, the, prop, that, that uh, the wise and intelligent should profit from these Proverbs. It's not just about knowing more information. It's about applying that that knowledge in wisdom. This helps us again to live a skilled life. I think we should always be learning. This is one of our core values at the Vine is that we should always be growing in Christ. Okay, to summarize, what, what are these things for? Proverbs are important stuff to us if, if we want to receive instruction on how to live wisely, if we want to help the simple and raise up the next generation, and if we want to increase in our learning to to grow in Christ. So I think if you're wise, you probably want this stuff. And if you don't want this stuff, maybe you're not that wise. Okay, so where do most people get their wisdom from today? That's that's an interesting thought. Where where are we going for wisdom? And I I made a little list. It's... uh, Came up with our parents, our schools, and our coaches, our friends, which was a great one for me growing up because I had some great buddies. They weren't God-fearing, so some of my counsel I got maybe wasn't so great, but I got a lot of wisdom from them. 
TV, internet, media. We're getting a lot of knowledge and wisdom from that. Books, our political parties in the government, these are the primary sources, I think, of where we as a people are getting our knowledge and wisdom. So let's talk about what are some of the common proverbs that these sources have provided us over time. So if, if maybe you're my age and a little older, you've probably heard a couple of these. When the, when the going gets tough, tough get going, right? The early bird, early bird gets the worm, right? Don't count your chickens before they're hatched. These are things I've heard. I know my, my mom, dad heard a lot of that. So the, my generation and below, maybe a little younger, some things that we heard, just do it, right? Nike has been pounding that one great. Or I heard from Nancy Reagan, just say no. And then I, another one's kind of not so great is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Okay, what are my kids hearing? My kids are hearing, follow your heart. Just follow your heart. You know what? You can be anything you want to be. If you believe it, you can achieve it. That's the stuff we're hearing. As Christians and the culture, this impacts us. Whether we like to admit it or not, our wisdom tends to be coming from sources that we think all will make us most happy. We're reading, paying attention to, studying, watching the things that fuel our heart's desire. It's our sin nature that is just begging us to be God. We want to be our own God. We long to be free, but we don't. it takes us too long to figure out that our ways are not the best ways. So I want to share a great illustration I heard from a gentleman from Trinity Church. Trinity Church is a black church in Forsyth County that we've done a lot of things with in the past. They're pastored by Mike Adams, who's really a good friend of John. And so about a year ago or so, Things were hard. We said, let's get some guys together from the Vine and some guys together from Trinity and just learn. Just talk about things. And I would highly recommend be around people that are a little different, have a different backstory from you, learn from one another, be open-minded. So this has been a, just a great opportunity, fantastic. And so the last time we were together, which is a little over a month ago, one of the guys told us about red ants and black ants. Okay, so here's the deal. You put red ants and black ants in a jar and they're hanging out. They're like having a party. They got music going on, interacting, no problem. But then you shake that jar up, you open the lid up, you put them on the ground, they can run away to freedom, but instead they turn on each other and they kill each other. And the point of the story is not about the red ants and black ants, it's who is shaking our jar. We are around people that are struggling right now because their jar is being shaken by lots of different people. They are angry and frustrated. We have to be careful about where are we getting our wisdom from. This is the opposite of flourishing. And I realize there's all sorts of things to be upset about in culture today. How we're handling abortion or gender or sexuality is a tragedy. But we got to be careful where we get our source, our, our knowledge, our wisdom from. Who's shaking our jar and helping others that we, that we see are struggling with this? You know, we ought to believe these Proverbs because they're in Scripture. But we have heart issues that causes us to struggle with it. And I'm convinced that it is impossible to flourish in God's grace 
without believing God's ways are better than our ways. It's a great verse in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, the beauty of trusting the Lord and belonging to Him, to being in this covenant family, is that you, you actually trust that He'll take care of you. A few chapters before that in Isaiah 41, another awesome verse, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, dismayed before I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do we believe that? God's got to help us with our unbelief. So let's, let's look at the question that we're here for. Where should we get our wisdom from? When we look at, at verse 7 here, we see the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, the answer where true wisdom comes from, wisdom that impacts our life, it gives us joy. It allows us to flourish. It provides freedom. That wisdom starts with a healthy fear of the Lord. These three words, knowledge, wisdom, instruction, they're the same words that we saw in verse 2. And when you think about the beginning of wisdom, what that really is saying is it's the highest form of wisdom. It is the noblest and best wisdom. It does not say that wisdom, the midpoint of it, starts with fear of the Lord, or the final layer starts with the fear of the Lord. It says it starts with the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning. And I'm not saying that there's not practical wisdom that comes from people who don't know Jesus. God provides common grace for all of mankind. When I go to the doctor, it is often that I get healed, probably through practical wisdom and learning from people who do not fear the Lord. But that kind of knowledge and wisdom it is not eternal. And it's not long, deep, lasting. It doesn't provide that peace that you're really looking for. So I, I think here's something really important that I think we need to pause on as a people. And, and as we think about this application, before you make a decision, do you start with a healthy fear of the Lord? I know I'm not always doing that. That's not always top of mind for me. And, and even to do that, you kind of need to understand, well, what is a healthy fear of the Lord look like? So I did a, a word study on fear, and, and the words that came up was, was reverence, respect, worship, astonishment, alarm, wonder. These are, are the ways that we fear the Lord, and, and, and we honor Him and respect Him. And, and here in America, I think maybe we struggle with this a little bit, because probably not often do we really fear our authorities with that kind of reverence. But we see that all the time. If you're uh, in another country with a king, or maybe what happens when an angel pays a visit in the Bible. People immediately worship. They hit the ground. They're bringing honor to them because they know they are all powerful. The reality is this is hard for some of us because we want to be supreme, but we're not supreme. And knowing that we're not supreme should help us want to get our knowledge, our wisdom, and our instruction from God, which will help us have the skill of living. 
Okay, so the next part of verse 7, we see something about fools. It says, fools have no desire for instruction or wisdom. You see, fools, they're not humble or teachable. They don't understand that fearing the Lord brings peace. They don't like to be disciplined. They don't get that mankind's wisdom does not provide ultimate satisfaction. And ultimately, as as we go through this study of Proverbs, I think we're going to see that that a fool, in their heart, they don't really believe in God. They're getting their wisdom from somewhere else besides God. So there's this great old saying that says, fear God and you will fear nothing else. I'm going to say that again. Fear God and you will fear nothing else. You know, the fear of the Lord, it's not some cowering panic of anxiety. It is is hating sin. It is loving God. And it is in all that we do, wanting to bring him good glory. That is what fearing the Lord is. A right fear of the Lord, it helps us deal with all the other fears of our life. Helps us deal with the fears of our health, of our money, of our jobs, of how we raise our kids. The problem is our own desires, they just lead us into this anxious place where we are constantly in worry or planning mode. I I, I stumbled on this verse, this next verse, Matthew 11, 28, this week, and, and I just thought, man, this really fits. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, as we get our wisdom from the Lord, we get peace, even during trials, difficult times. This, again, it impacts our life. It helps us to flourish. So so let's pause and let's go back and look at some of those Proverbs that we were just talking about through the lens of fearing the Lord. So when the going gets tough, I think the tough probably still get going, but they trust that their outcomes are going to be given from the Lord. They trust those outcomes. And it loses anxiety. They they live in peace. The early bird gets the worm. Well, those that fear the Lord know that the worms are going to be provided by the Lord. They might get up early, but they're totally satisfied knowing that, that they're going to get fed for those worms. And they're super excited and celebrate the Lord with the worms that they get. Those that say, just do it. If we fear the Lord, what we're really saying is, I'm just going to do what the Lord is calling me to do. And you think about that instead of the the phrase, just do it. I start doing what the Lord has called me to do in my vocations. I start being satisfied. I'm a mom for the right reasons. God called me to that. God called me to be a husband. God called me to be a businessman. That gives me purpose. That's a totally different look of life. And then this saying that that I can be anything I want to be, well, I think that's just dumb. That's just a dumb saying. I wanted to be a pro basketball player when I was a kid. That didn't happen. But think about if I'm fearing the Lord and I'm just satisfied with being called His. I'm satisfied when I look in the mirror with the way He has made me. That's a totally different look of life. You know, fearing the Lord impacts everything that we do. It impacts how we spend our time and our money. Do we, do we spend our time and money on the things that make me happy, comfortable, and ease? Or am I doing it for God's glory and to pursue his kingdom? 
What jobs I take and why I view work is different when I fear the Lord. I look at work and I say, this is how I love my neighbor. It's not how I get ahead in life and make money for my family. Fearing the Lord helps us understand who to date, who to marry, and how do we deal with our sexuality. Fearing the Lord helps us raise our kids. You know, what we have to remember to stop and consider is that all of this, everything we're talking about is, is God's grace. It's a gift from him. His wisdom is a gift. It is not man-earned. It is not man-made. Godly wisdom helps us to have this skill in life. We need it. We can trust it because Jesus died for us. He is our good, good father. He keeps his promises. All of the scripture, the Psalms, the history books, the laws, the epistles, the gospels, these Proverbs, they all provide us with godly wisdom. This is where we should get our wisdom from. So look, Solomon, you know, we already talked about him. He's a pretty, pretty great guy, I think. He was a solid guy, but in the end, he still went south. He feared the Lord, but he lost his way. And I think Solomon's life story, he just points us to our desperate need for Jesus. We all want to be like Solomon. We want to be the king. We want to have an easy life. But we're going to fail just like him if we rely on our own strength and our own wisdom. Some thousand years later, after Solomon, a king was born. He would be our eternal king. He would come to die for us. He would choose death. He would choose to forgive you to give you right standing with God the Father, take away your punishment, even though he knew you would betray him. He's our good Father, and we can trust him. He loves unconditionally those that are in his family. So here's my last proverb. A lot of people heard this one. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Okay, my father-in-law added a little something to this. I hadn't heard that. You can't make him drink unless you give him a whole lot of salt. Salt is us. It's us being the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. It's us loving God, loving our neighbor. That's what salt is in in. This is such a critical time for us to give salt to thirsty people. Our nation is in desperate need of us being salt for one another to point other people to Jesus. That's what we're to do. So today and this week, let's pray. Let's pray that the Lord would reveal to us where we're to get our wisdom from. It's from him. That we're to fear him. Help us, Lord fear you with a healthy fear that will help us flourish in God's grace and bear fruit. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We trust you, Lord, even when we don't, we need your help, Lord, even when we don't know we need your help, Lord. Lord, we beg you to encourage us to want to read your word, 
Lord, put people in our lives that we can trust that will help us read your word. Lord, help us to desire you more than others, to surrender it all, to believe you're the cornerstone. We love you and we thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us wisdom. Thank you for giving us your life, for being our king. Lord, we ask you to bless this time as we to come together for this meal that we're going to take as a family. And we give you thanks. It's in your wonderful son's name we pray. Amen. So we're going to enjoy a meal together, this communion together. And as we do that, I, just, I want you all to just to pause for a second and just kind of look around. This is your church family. We're called to do this together, to help one another, to love one another, to encourage, to, to be accountable, to be together. We, we see each other as a broken people. We all need Jesus. We're all desperate. And we need to help each other see that, know that. This, this time helps us to know we're dependent upon the Lord. This is way more than just a memorial. It is a time to celebrate Jesus' death. Yes, he died for us and for many others. That's something to celebrate. But this is also a, a moment, a moment to ask him to spiritually nourish you, to bring you to union with him, to remind you and refresh you of your faith right now. So, if, you know, as a family, this is what we do together. This is what people that fear God do together. We celebrate his covenant, the fact that he is our God and we are his people. So maybe you're a little skeptical of who Jesus is or, or just not there yet. That's okay. The Bible says, let's don't participate in that meal if that's where I'm at. But I'd encourage you to participate by asking the Lord to reveal himself to you right now. So I, I want us to just take a moment before we take the elements and just pause and ask the Lord to help us be encouraged to fear him. What is blocking us from really fearing the Lord this morning? So let's, let's bow our heads and pray, and then we'll finish our meal. Lord, help us. Help us repent, Lord, and know where we're going astray. Help us to believe that your ways are better than our ways. Lord, help us. Help us to want to be salt for others. Lord, help us to want our wisdom to come from you. And we give you thanks for this time. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.